Yep. Thank you. All right. How's everybody doing today? Good? I don't want to call anybody out, but I'm, I'm going to. Uh, Kristen, man, isn't that cool? Keyboard, right? Wow. Right? That's so cool, and I know you give all that glory to God and bless you with the talent and the ability to do it, but um, the other side of it is, is and it kind of goes along with today's message, is you got to do something with what God puts you on your heart, right? So oftentimes we get in this mindset as, well, I'll wait till tomorrow or someday I'll do that. Um, am I really loud? I feel like I'm really loud, or is it okay? All right, good. All right, so, so to, to, to the point around the piano is that if Kristen wouldn't have, had, wouldn't have taken the initiative to start learning how to play, to listen to God speak to her, even bringing it up that, hey, I can do this, and, um, you know, why don't we take an opportunity and, and try it? She didn't wait until next uh, year to do that. She turned someday into today, and that's the, the message today. We'll go ahead and pop that up on the screen. So, today is going to be good and really encouraging for some of you, and for some of the others in the room, you're going to be like, that is not nice. You shouldn't have really talked about uh, what we're going to talk about today, because um, oftentimes we just don't take action, right? We, we keep putting things off. We keep putting them off, and um, one of the things today is kind of cool is if you're a believer or you're not a believer today, I'm glad you're here, because you're going to get something out of this message when it comes to life application, all right? So some of you that uh, were drugged here by a friend or a family member, you're like, I don't even want to be here. Just listen, because I'm sure there will be something that uh, could be helpful for you, all right? So I, I read of a story of, remember, how many of you are the age, and I'm kind of calling you out, but that you remember filling stations or gas stations that had attendants out there, right? It, I, you know, isn't that so cool? So think about this. It's I don't know if it's a true story or not, but there's a young man that's at a, a gas station and a huge long line, and there's a pastor in line waiting to, to, get, to get fueled up. And um, so anyways, by the time the pastor gets there, he's, you know, he's still calm. He's like, man, that, you know, it took a little while. And the young man said, you know what? He's like, all these people in line, they knew they were going on a journey. I don't know why they wait to the last minute to come in here and get gas, you know? And the pastor said, well, isn't that ironic? He's like, I, I have the same situation in my business. <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't that good? So many times we wait till the last moment to do something or to give our lives to Christ. Well, well, wait till tomorrow or someday I'll do that. Well, we aren't promised another day, are we? And we'll learn about that. So, in, in addition to that, many, many years ago, the New York Times wrote an article and it said they wanted to create this week that was called the Someday Week. The Someday Week. And it was going to be a week dedicated for folks that always put things off and said, all right, we're going to use this week and we're going to do all the things that we said we were going to do someday. And so someday I want to take the family to a, a museum or a zoo or someday take the afternoon off and just do something or someday I'll sit and read and the, and the list goes on and on. 
And then the other side of it, Kylie sent me a message a while back that ties into this. Sometimes we convince ourselves that live, our lives will be better after something, right? Have you ever thought about that? A few examples is, you know, um, it'll be great, it'll be better when I get married, right? Or when I have a baby, or, or I get a better job, or, or the kids get a little bit older, um, that neighbor moves, right? And not, not us, we're good, we got good neighbors. Right, but that's that's one of them. The other thing is, is we tie that into, well, my life will be complete when some of these things, right? So our, our spouse gets his or her act together, right? Everything will be great when that happens. Um, when I get a nicer car, uh, when we're able to go on a nice uh, vacation somewhere, when we retire, right? The list goes on and on. The point is, is that if you want to have a better life and experience joy and peace and excitement, happiness and fulfillment in your life, there's not a better time than right now to claim that and say, you know what, I'm going to start living my life that way. Amen? Do you think God wants us to live that way and be happy and fulfilled and, and then express that joy to everybody else? You better believe it. We had a conversation, Dylan and Whitley and I were, were talking this morning about we are the light. No matter where we're at at home, school, wherever, we are the light. So in that darkest place where things don't seem to be very lit up, when we walk into the room with Jesus' love, what happens? We light it up, right? That's the idea. If we have the peace and the joy and we're enthusiastic and we show that love, then we're going to turn that situation, the negative stuff, into a positive. All right, so there's another story about a, a gentleman, and I'll read this quote to you. I think it's up here. Oh, I skipped over. Is there a quote? What's the next slide? All right, we'll go through 1 Peter first, and it ties into the quote. I'll read this. So, so be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire, as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And what this ties into is sometimes we talk about the trials and the obstacles and, and the challenges that we have in our life. And I want to read this quote to you. I loved it. It said, for a long time it seemed to me that life was a, about to begin, real life that is. But there was always some obstacle in the way, something to be gotten through first, some unfinished business, time to, to be served or a debt to be paid. Then life would begin. And at last it dawned on me that these obstacles, challenges, and opportunities were my life. Amen? Isn't that a great quote and a great perspective? Um, and I want you to focus on the word opportunities because we can take a look at challenges and obstacles and to-do lists and things that we need to get done as negatives or we can look at those as opportunities, right? So I want you to change your mindset today as we go through and think about the things that you have to do or you feel like you need to do and look at it as, man, God has blessed me with the opportunity to go and do these things. I used to complain about being busy, and some of you have heard this before. One day I listened to a sermon and I realized, God put it in my heart, that no, Josh, you're not busy. God just puts you in a place to have an impact on people around you. So every opportunity I get to have that impact, then I want to do that. So even if it means um, helping somebody in need, it's working long hours to stay 
they lay that God's placed somebody in my life to have a conversation with, whatever it may be, those are opportunities. So, we are to treasure every single moment and remember that time waits for no one, right? We had a, had a great conversation in our, our home last night with, a, with a, a group of great homecoming, right? Awesome. That's so exciting and so thankful that you're all safe and everybody's good this morning. That's always, as a parent, something we, we, uh, we worry about, right? But, so remember that time does not stop. And if we're going through, and if you're here this morning, and you're going through a rough time, I will tell you this, just keep on moving. Because time doesn't stop. And I think about some of the times in our lives that have been really, really challenging, and I go back to those, and those things are of the past now. Right? God has restored. And, and if we keep our, our focus and obedience towards Him, what happens? He restores us above and beyond anything we could ever imagine. Imagine. But if we stop in the middle of that thing and soak in it, it usually gets kind of yucky. But always know that time will pass and things will be better. Go back to that time as a child. I can remember, remember you were having so much fun and, and you didn't want it to end, right? How exciting that is, those moments. Isn't that so cool? And even now, doing different things. But guess what? Time's going to keep moving. It's going to keep moving along. Enjoy those times, but no, time does not wait on anyone. So stop waiting until you lose 10 pounds, until you gain 10 pounds. You have kids. The kids leave the house. You start a new job. Until you retire, you get married. You get that new home or car or whatever it is. Those bills paid off. So stop waiting until those happens. happen until you start living your life, right? Because life is in front of us right now, and we have the choice to take advantage of every opportunity and love it till the end. There's not a better time than right now. So back to the title of the sermon, turn someday into today, all right? So there may be something that God puts on your heart today to do today. So what are you going to do with it? Do it today. One, uh, one person, Sarah's going to do that today, right? So follow Sarah's example. All right, do you guys remember the sticky notes we put on the cross? Do you remember that day? Raise your hand if you're a part of that. Awesome. That thing was covered. There were 12 major things that um, we nailed to that cross, and we said we're going to leave there, and, and uh, we need some prayer over, and, and we need to, to, to move past. And one of those things, uh, it was combined, it was procrastination and laziness. And this is the part of the sermon that some of you may not like, but that's okay, right? Because God speaks to us in different ways. So the definition of procrastination is this, the action of delaying or postponing something. I've never done that. How about, oh, lying is a sin, isn't it, right? So we have all done that at some time. Laziness, like procrastination is like, all right, that's kind of, we can use that word. This one we don't like at all, laziness, right? Does anybody like to be called lazy? No. Kids, keep your hands down, right? So this is the definition of laziness, the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy, idleness. Wow, that hit it, right? Now parents, raise your hands if you could say that your kids are somewhat in that category. Yeah, 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 right? Okay. 
Parents, raise your hand if you can be in that category at times, right? Right, right. So we, we're, we all fall into that at times, right? And there's times where we can have legitimate reasons uh, to procrastinate, whatever those things are, and it doesn't have too big of an impact. But then there's other times that we put things off to avoid people or things or responsibilities that have a very big impact and even internal impact on our lives, okay? The trouble with procrastination and laziness is that if you have a little bit of it here and there, and we all do, there's, we just want to slow down sometimes. The problem is, is you got to be careful that it doesn't become a pattern of your life. Right? Because if it becomes a pattern of your life, kids, young adults, when you get out into the workforce, what happens when you're lazy and procrastinate and you don't get projects done and hit timelines and do those things? What will happen? Parents, could you chime in? Get fired. Boom. Right? So let's not do that. Let's learn at an early age. And for some of you sitting in the seats right now, that may be you at your workplace. Your boss may have been dropping a number of hints on you and have been about that project. Or, hey, let's, let's get to that uh, completion date. And uh, I would just encourage you to pray over that thing and be like, you know what? It's time for me to take some action and move on. Okay? So what does, next slide here. Yeah, so what does procrastination do to you? We're going to hit three things. It robs you, it roots you, and assumes that you have time. So let's take a look at Proverbs 10, 4 and 5. The NIV version says, Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. And I like the, the message version of this. Let's look at it. Sloth, right? Sloth makes you poor. Diligence brings wealth. Make hay while the sun shines. You want to know where that saying comes from? Now you know. No. That's smart. Go fishing during harvest. That's stupid. Right? I mean, really. Some of you farmers, raise your hands, right? Raise your hands up if you're a farmer. Get them high. I want to see them. Are you guys getting fishing poles ready? No. Right? This is pretty clear. We need to get after it. Okay. The other thing that Solomon's trying to do here is saying you need to create some urgency. You need to take advantage of the opportunities. There's a couple other examples that I wrote down is that salesmen, they go out on rainy days, right? The, the job seekers, they send out resumes when they don't feel like sending them out. Students, they get those assignments done early so they don't have to worry about the deadlines coming, right? So again, procrastination, if you're not careful, it will rob you. All right, let's take a look at this quote. It says, people who put off until tomorrow do not realize that by doing so, they may have missed an opportunity of a lifetime waiting for them today that will not be there tomorrow. Let me read that part again. Miss an opportunity of a lifetime waiting for them today that will not be there tomorrow. Okay, so it could be somebody in your family, it could be somebody at work, wherever, a, a coach that has got an opportunity for you, and it is right there, it is in front of you, you've been praying about the opportunity God's put in front of you, boom, and you're like, eh, I don't, I don't, I'll wait on that, and that's offered to somebody else. Or that thing goes away completely, the project is canceled, whatever it may be. 
Don't put it off. Right? If it's there in front of you, God's confirmed it, you've got that confirmation, jump on that thing and rock and roll. And guess what's the worst thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that happened? It doesn't work out quite the way that you thought, but do you think God's in that too? You better believe it, okay? The next one is procrastination roots you. It roots you. A sluggard says there's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming in the streets. That's the NIV. I love the message version. I got excited around the message this week. It says, loafers say it's dangerous out there. Tires are prowling in the streets. And then pull the covers back over their heads. Right? The, the thing is here is the idea is that a person, there's all kinds of excuses to use, right? Oh, the, do you think we got roaring lions out here? I doubt it. How about in that project or wherever it may be? You know, no, there's not a lion waiting to eat you up in a physical sense. We're going to talk about Satan here in just a minute. But in a physical sense, no. So the thing is we do this sometimes to avoid work. It's too hot. It's too cold. I'm too tired, etc etc. Again, what happens over time? It becomes a pattern of life and you can fall into that. Procrastinators avoid effort by putting it off and filling up their time, listen to this, with less challenging or difficult things, always doing easy stuff first and last. Is that true? Does that ring home with anybody? Sometimes, right? So sometimes we just got to jump in and jump on that hard stuff. All right, procrastination assumes that you have time. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what the day may bring forth, okay? Makes sense? Pretty straightforward. Next piece is this. Overcoming procrastination and laziness. These are three things that I use in my life, and I just want to share them with you, okay? It may or may not help you. Catch it early. How many of you have heard me say that? Catch it early. Catch it early. You get that thought in your mind that takes you down a place of delaying and putting off and not doing. Catch it early. Because what happens if you don't catch it early, that thing grows, right? Oh, it's okay. It's no big deal. Somebody else will do it. She's not really that mad at me. Oh, it'll take care. That room will get picked up by itself. You know, all those things, right? So if you catch it early, I mean, catch that thing and be like, nope, I'm flipping the switch. I'm going the other direction. That's bullet number two. Catch it early and flip the switch. Literally. So, Hirsch, you're in the back. Turn the lights off. I wish we could turn them all off. Can you just turn down that main switch? Okay. So, lights are off, right? So, turn the lights back on. Flip the switch. Boom. Lights are on. Okay. I wish we had a dimmer in here. Because sometimes what happens is God will put something on our heart. And we're like, okay, yes. Boom. We're going to do it. Lights are on. We're rocking and rolling. And then over time, what happens? The dimmer gets to a point where Hirsch about right now is going to shut that light off again for me. Boom. We're back in the same place we were six months ago, right? God told us to do something, and here we go. We're going to turn the dimmer up, and the light's on. This is good. Man, we're good. Right? Isn't it so true? God puts things on our heart, we take action, we go after it, and then what happens? It gets hard. It gets tough. And we say, well, there's a roaring lion out there, and he's keeping me from it. That's not the case. You just don't want to do it. It's hard work, right? Do you go to the gym one time for six hours, one day a week, and get buff in a month? No. 
Do you get up and do 20 minutes, three, four, five days a week for a year? Do you see results? Yes. Okay. Flip the switch. Make the decision. Make the change. The other thing is don't feed it. This is good. So we... Um, we have something going on at work where um, we're calling it don't feed it. It's around negative energy. Don't feed the negative energy. If there's gossip going on at work, if something is being dramatized or made a bigger deal of, what happens when you throw gasoline on a fire? Fire gets bigger, right? So what do you do? You don't feed the fire. Don't feed the negative energy. Don't feed the deceit, the gossip, whatever it is that's going on. Does that make sense? Because if you feed it, it's going to grow. The story about the two wolves. There's a grandson and his grandfather out in the wilderness. They see two wolves uh, out in the distance. They're fighting. And the grandson says, well, Grandpa, which wolf's going to win? Which one's going to win? He said, well, whatever one you feed. Whatever one is stronger. So if you feed the positives in your life, what's going to grow? Positives. You feed the negatives in your life, what's going to grow? Yeah, so now, from here on out, you don't have a reason why you got a bunch of negative stuff going on in your life. Because you make a decision today, catch it early. Flip the switch and don't feed it. Your life will be dramatically different. Do you believe that this morning? So now what do you do with the information? Use it. We can come to church every day. We can listen to stuff online. We can have people come and share. We can pay money to go away to a conference, right? We go say, we're going to do this marriage class. We're going to go do this weekend retreat. We get all this good information. But what does the information do if we don't use it? It rots away to nothing. Then you forget about it. Remember that light switch? The dimmer bin. Boom. Lights are off. Don't allow yourself to get in that place. I want to show you this, this wheel. Uh, we, we talked about this. And again, today's kind of a cool day because it's both kind of a, what I call a secular message and also a, a message we do at church. I'm going to get out here so I can see it. Okay, so top left, belief. And again, reminds you that this is the environment at work. So the definition can be a little bit different. Belief, I want you to think about faith. Okay, faith. It says here the amount of belief or faith that you have determines the amount of potential you can tap into. Potential is the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen? Right? The amount of potential that you tap into determines the amount of action that you take. From the action piece comes what? The amount of action takes you take determines the results that you get. The results determine the belief in yourself. In our case, it's in who? It's in God. Think about this wheel. Belief, potential, action, results. What happens to that thing? It's rolling. Right? It's rolling. It's feeding itself nonstop. So if you want to see, often what we want to do is we want to just jump over here, don't we? We want some of that. God bless me with some of this. I don't like that. I got a little faith, but I want to go here. So the, thanks Rhonda for your encouragement. That's my mother-in-law, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I pay her to say things at times. I heard a sermon the other day. It was pretty cool. I'd never heard of it this way, but a, but a pastor shared. He said, look at faith as tender, tender as in money. 
Think about it. What can you, the more money that you have, the more what you get? Stuff. The more faith that you have, the more blessings that you get. God rewards faith. Am I right or am I wrong? So the more faith that you have, the more blessings that you're going to have in your life. So that list that I've always asked you guys to write, I know some of you have, write the blessings down because what does that do? It feeds, it feeds that fire of faith. There's some things that we want to feed, right? And that's one of them. We want our faith to grow, right? We want to see that belief and potential and action and results in our lives. And I'm telling you, you've got the choice today. We have the choice every day. Every single day. What? I'm sorry. Am I getting excited? I'm excited. I'm excited. I just don't. I just don't like it whenever we get in these ruts where people want something, but they don't go get it. What did Jesus do? He took action. What did Paul do? He took action. What did Peter do? He took action. What is God calling us to do? Have faith. Believe in the Holy Spirit. Take action. Kicks us in the butt. And then what's going to happen? We're going to see blessings and results in our lives. Here's the other thing. Who wants to stop that? Who wants to slow us down? Who wants to reverse this circle? That's Satan and all of his trickeries and lies. And he, he wants to stop us and stifle us. Let's look at 1 Peter 1.5. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a what? A roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The verse we looked at earlier, we make up lions to keep us from doing stuff. This stuff is real. Look at that. Boom. There he is. He, he wants to devour you. Devour. Devour. Yes. Both. He wants you. He wants to take advantage of you. So, let's take a look at a few things. Let me, before we go here, you can leave that up, but before we go here, I want to say one thing. And my, and Mia was, uh, and the girls were making fun of me, I think yesterday morning, not really making fun of me, but what did I have on the table yesterday morning? What did you see on the table before my day started, what I have? I'm really, happy. man, I figured you just know it. A to-do list. Yeah. She didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so she was right and teed up on that one. So I've got a to-do list. How many of you use to-do lists, use a planner of some sort, electronically, paper, whatever, right? Okay, love it. Love it. What happens whenever you check something off of that list? Victory feels good. Creates momentum, right? That's why I do it. I want momentum in my life. If you don't check the boxes off, you're like, what I do today? I don't know. But man, I looked at a list, man, I was, and I pray for efficiency. I've told you that. We had a big day yesterday. I said, God bless me with efficiency. And he did. Got a lot of stuff done. But it creates a feeling of accomplishment, right? It gets us moving, fulfillment. It gives us a sense of positive energy. It even stimulates us to what? Do more. Because when we get stuff done, it feels good. The other thing is I hung a blind in our in our bathroom yesterday. How long have we lived there, babe? Since two, seven, six, seven years. We got a blind hung. Remember that? We were talking about procrastination earlier. Yeah. I'm confessing the sin of procrastination. But I, but I did get the, the wiring done on my motorcycle yesterday. So I, I got that done too. But yeah. All right.
right. So Satan doesn't want us to accomplish anything, and this is what he wants to do. He wants to isolate you. So if you're in a place where you feel like God, or you feel like Satan saying, oh, don't go to small group. Oh, you don't need to go to church. Hey, you don't need to really do that devotion with that, that group of men or women. What is he trying to do? Isolate you. What happens whenever you do something that's wrong? It's called sin. What happens? What do you feel on the inside of you? You feel down. I shouldn't have done that. You feel conviction, right? What's God want us to do? He wants us to repent and say, God, and I mean, and I'll give you a little, a little tip. Helps me. Literally say it out loud in a private place. It's just you. Pray to God. Say, God, I'm sorry. I've sinned and I did blah, 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 whatever that is. I pray, God, that you would forgive me for that sin and I give it all to you. Okay, right? Say it out loud because sometimes if we just say, God, I've sinned and, and please forgive me, you're not verbalizing it. There's something about verbalizing it and getting it out there that confession happens. Well, what Satan wants to do whenever we confess our sin, he wants to isolate and bring condemnation and separation and get us away from fellow believers. Why? Because he doesn't want us coming to church. He doesn't want us to have success in our life. He doesn't want us checking off the marks and getting momentum. Why? Because the glory goes to God when we're getting stuff done, right? He's blessed me with every gift, talent, ability I have. That's how I get stuff done is through him. And I give him praises for that. Satan does not want that. He wants to stop you in your tracks. He doesn't want you having a checklist. So those of you who are out there like, I don't need a checklist. That's Satan talking to you. Get you, a, get you a checklist. I'm just kidding. Right? But get it, do something to get some momentum in your life. The other thing is he wants to make you feel alone. And any of you that have been engaged in a small group for any amount of time at all have probably had, and it's even you, have had a moment in your life or, or a time where you're like, I'm not going to small group, right? Like, I feel bad, I'm down, something happened in my life, and I do not want to go to small group. And you push yourself, and you, you go to small group, and what happens in small group is you got a family around you that lay hands on you and pray and love on you, and you walk away from that feeling incredible. And all the time, Satan wants you to stay home. The other thing, let's take it another step. What's Satan want to do whenever we're home alone? He wants us to lead us back into sin and temptation, doesn't he? Right? Wants to take you back to where you were. If that's a, maybe, maybe you're in a place where you used to cut and hurt yourself. Maybe you're in a place of pornography addiction. Maybe you're in a place of online chatting with inappropriate people. Whatever it is for you, I don't know. But what he does, he says, you've already messed up, so let's mess up a little bit more. Let's just keep going with this train. Let's just keep rolling it. Let's keep riding this thing. And then you, before you know it, the lights are off again, right? And where you were was over there. You're back in a place where the lights are off. You're going down a destructive path. And that's where Satan wants you to go. It's not where God wants you to go. Okay? So Satan is after your faith. There's no doubt about it. Okay? So what we're going to do to fight Satan is we're going to, let's go to the next slide. We're going to grow in our faith. We're going to get connected. And we're going to be prepared. And we're going to fight. Okay? What I say earlier, sometimes you got to do it. You, sometimes you got to get some grit. Right? It's a, it's a core value inside of us is have a little grit. Because without grit, what, I mean, you got to get it. You got to, I'm trying to describe the best way to describe grit. Let's put it this way. 
Some, sometimes we're soft, right? Something gets a little hard. Well, yeah, that's hard. I don't want to do that, right? But grit is where you like, remember, I'll do this again. I love doing this. All right, so we're going to flex every muscle in our body. I mean, get control of yourself first, right? Okay, ready? Everybody just flex as hard as you can right now. And I feel good. Do it again. Some of you are not doing it. I can tell. Blake, you did not do it. I can tell. One more time. Ready? That feel good. Love it. We're going to have a workout after this. Right? That's grit. That's digging deep. That's when things are hard. That's when you, you grab a hold of that inner strength inside of you and you keep pushing through it and you get there, right? Because when you get there, what happens? You mark the thing off. You get momentum. The wheel, remember going back to results, action, results, belief, potential. That thing just keeps feeding itself. Faith, the Holy Spirit, right? Us taking action and all his blessings, that wheel keeps rolling. Let's take a look at a few scriptures around this. Hebrews 13, 12. I'm sorry, Hebrews 3, 12 and 13 says this. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other, again, warn each other every day while it is still today. Turn someday into today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God, okay? The next piece is get connected. That's how we grow our faith. Get connected. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now the day of his return is drawing near, okay? Small groups, church, what we're doing right now, phone conversations. I'm really bad at these big multi-group message men. I, I, I mean, oh, How many of y'all are in those, like, you know, like more than two people? Three. Let's just let's take a poll. Let's take a poll. Let me, hold on a minute, because I get sidetracked sometimes. All right, I know where I'm at. Bullet three. Okay. So how many of you in some of those message groups where there's like, let's start at five people. Five people in them. Five in them. All right, let's go up ten. You got ten people in some of those groups. All right, let's go to fifteen. Fifteeners. Still keep your arm up. Fifteen. Twenty. Anybody in a twenty or more? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Oh, man. Yeah, boy, you're, you're in what? 30? I think the menspiration page is, how many you got in there? A bunch, right? So I'm kind of making fun, but it's an incredible outlet. It's kind of an incredible outlet, incredible source. I'm not always the best at keeping up on those things, but I tell you what, what's it help us do? Get connected right? Helps us get connected. We've, we've, we've been in a small group before where we've had some folks come that have never had a community or a family of believers around them. Never. Through a message group of 10 or 15 people probably, their lives are being changed. Our lives are being changed because of them. It is a family of believers that we can, we, every day, I mean, there's sometimes, I mean, no exaggeration, I'll have 100 to 150 messages that I need to read back through, and I'm like, mm, yeah. Kylie, can you give me the Cliff Notes version of this? Where are we at? Right? But it's an incredible tool to get connected, okay? Next one is be prepared and fight. Be prepared and fight. Put on all of 
God's armor. Morty talked about this last week. So that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of this unseen world. Against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. Okay, let's take a look at Psalms 28.7. It says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. I trust Him with all of my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. That's Curtis, right? Bursting out in songs of thanksgiving. Give it up. I love it. It's because his faith is growing. Love, love, love it. I wish, just wish I could sing. All right, let's take a look at Psalms 27 1. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? The message version is this So with him on my side, I'm fearless, afraid of no one or nothing. Isn't that incredible? Do you believe that God's word is true? Then you should be more fired up when I'm reading this scripture, right? Man, I'm telling you, so many times, like, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? I'm not fearful of anything, afraid of no one and nothing. I mean, that should give us confidence walking out these doors every day, right? That's what, that's our faith. That's, I mean, I'm telling you. The more that you can be connected, the more that you can tie into God's people, this family, I'm telling you, you're going to be prepared. You're going to fight. You're going to keep pushing through those obstacles and trials that come, okay? Praise and worship, come on up. 1 Peter 5.7 says, cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Let's take a look at Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's take a look at the message version of this. Again, I was just, I don't know why, but sometimes I get on different verses or, or different translations. I love it. It says, Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into what? Into prayers. How many of us worried this week and did not pray about it? How many of us had a worry or anxiety come up that we didn't pray about it? We just, we just, we just fed that thing, right? We fed the worry. We fed the, fed the anxiety and it just grew inside of us. Instead, pray, letting God know your concerns before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness. I love this. A sense of God's wholeness. Everything coming together for what? For good. Will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. The other thing is that we are running out of time. Would you agree with that? We all know of tragedies that have struck and no one has promised another day. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like what? To, we need to, we're going to have to pick the pace up. Dave, I want you to get, you get that thing a strum, and we're going to turn it up in here a little bit. And I called you guys up way too early, so you're just going to have to hang with me, okay? I'm just kidding. So it says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like what? Fools. But, but the, those who are wise make the most of what? Every opportunity in the evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Psalms 39 says this. 
Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. We don't know what tomorrow will bring, or even today. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you at best. Each of us is but a breath. Stop putting off what you know you need to do today. Call that old friend, reach out and reconcile with that family member. Paint the bathroom, hang that curtain rod, whatever it is that you know you need to do, do it. Stop putting it off. Turn that someday into today. Letting go and letting God help you. Make the decision today that your struggle with depression is over, that you're going to let go of that anxiety or worry, that you're going to lay that alcohol this morning down at an altar for the last time, that you're going to put drugs behind you, that you're going to stop allowing food to consume you, the gossip stops, the obsessions and anxiety stop, right? And you're like, man, that's a big list, whatever that is for you. I want you to start to create momentum. Let's all stand up. It's sometimes hard to get the wheel moving, right? But when the, me the wheel starts moving, what happens? It creates momentum. And with momentum, there's more progress every single day. And I want to put this slide up to the last one today. So change the stinking thinking, right? Change the stinking thinking. I want you to know the altars are open. If you've got some stinking thinking, you need to lay down an altar this morning. I want you to lay it down. We're right here for you. Whatever that anxiety or worry is, let's lay it at an altar. And guess what? Today may be the day for you that you give your life today to Christ. Turn someday into today. So you've been coming to church for a while. You've been praying and trying to figure out what this God thing's all about. God may have laid it on your heart today. You come to me. I'll pray with you right now. I'll lead you in a prayer of salvation. Don't wait another day.